be implemented many ideal processes. The world's most practiced method for project management. Still has been um, a catalyst in my career. Hundreds of thousands of people with a PhD qualification. I've seen ITIL help organizations be more successful. The Axelos Podcast, bringing best practice directly to you. I'm your host, Akshay Anand, and today we're going to be talking about the ITIL4 Managing Professional Module called Create, Deliver, and Support. Joining me today is the lead editor of that book, Barclay Ray. Uh, Barclay has been working in the service management industry since uh, 1994, uh, primarily as a consultant, analyst, auditor, as well as a well-established writer for a variety of uh, sources and publications. He's most recently, of course, been a lead architect and uh, author for numerous ITIL4 materials, but he was also a co-author for ITIL Practitioner, and his contributions extend to other publications such as uh, the SDI Best Practice uh, Toolkit. Uh, He's been an active member and co-author for SDI World Class Service Desk Standards and a contributor to ISO 20000. Uh, He created ITSM Goodness Model in 2013, and he regularly presents at numerous uh, industry events and conferences around the world. Uh, If you do find him speaking at a a panel or a conference near you, uh, I really do think you owe it to yourself to make the time to go listen to him speak. Uh, He's uh, also, I think, a a devoted Crystal Palace uh, supporter. Uh, Not sure how they're doing this season, but... uh, Very well. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. So all the more reason to be happy this year, I think. So uh, Barclay, welcome. Thank you very much. We're going to be talking about the Create, Deliver and Support book, which, as I said, is uh, a part of the ITIL4 uh, publication suite. Now, Create, Deliver and Support, for those of you who don't know, is part of the Managing Professional Workstream, which has four books or four modules in it. Uh, Create, Deliver and Support, High Velocity IT, Direct Plan and Improve and Driving Stakeholder Value. Uh, Each of these books cover different things, but they all build off the same core, which is the ITIL4 Foundation book. In the Create, Deliver, and Support module, uh, we explore how to manage the creation, delivery, and support of products and services. Not necessarily talking about uh, at great depth into into what sort of technologies you should be using or what sort of standards you should be adhering to, because those sorts of things are very contextual. So instead, we, we take a little bit of a step back and we talk about the management of the creation, delivery, and support of products and services. So in that, we cover things like uh, team building and team culture. Uh, we talk a little bit more about uh, a concept that's new to ITIL4, that's value streams. Uh, we talk about managing suppliers, prioritizing work, um, how to select the right technologies, uh, and so on. So it's a, it's a really fascinating body of work. And Barclay, thank you for your efforts in, in developing uh, this, this book over the last several months. How would you describe the Create, Deliver, and Support book, and who do you think most benefits from the guidance contained therein? Um, thank you for that, actually. I think there's there's a number of different influences and, and drivers that have gone into it. I think from, from my perspective, overall, the thing that it's really trying to do is to provide a rounded approach at the next level up from foundation um, that covers a number of different areas that, that helps those that are involved in the delivery of services, involved in the creation of services, involved in the support of services. First of all, to realize that what they're doing isn't just about 
a particular siloed process or a particular piece of technology. It's about, and in order to deliver that, they need to understand and be able to deliver a number of different areas. So as you mentioned, there's the, there's the more detail around the concept of the value streams, how we pull things together across a number of different traditional and to be honest, not massively changed what we previously call processes. So our, our understanding of things like incident and problem and change and so on is, is not massively updated in the sense that, but, but our context for them is, our, our ability to pull them together is. That's one area. I think the other big area is the, um, and certainly while we're pulling this together, the idea of professionalism. The idea that the, it's like the Leviathan of, of the, the industry professional, all the different aspects that need to come together for them to be able to, to do the job. And that's not just technology, it's not just process, it's not just um, specific functions, it's understanding people, it's understanding organizations, how people work together, teams, um, understanding how to buy and assess stuff, understanding how to appraise different types of technology, um, a whole number of things. We introduced the concept in quite a reasonable amount of detail of shift left and how that as a as a as an initiative pulls together a number of the elements that we are working with about people about process about technology about tools all those different things so it's very much a kind of um and, and a lot of those areas are not new they're not things that haven't been around or haven't been known or understood but i think what we're really doing in this book is calling them out and and, and putting them at the fore and saying it's not just about one aspect. It's not just a one-size-fits-all. You sign up to this technology or this particular process model. It's about being the, you know, taking the broad approach, understanding how you set up teams, understand how you make them work together, understand how people work together, and so on. And that's that, to me, is the biggest part of it. It's not one single element, I think, that, that really stands out, but for those that want to move to the next level, I think it takes them down that that path. I, I think, in a way, I, I'd have to disagree with you there because when I uh, first started re uh, reviewing the book, um, sort of uh, also when we uh, kicked off the the uh, workshops to develop this this uh, book, one of the things that I really appreciated, and to an extent, I think it's something that has not been adequately addressed or highlighted in in our community is the people element, uh, whether that's culture or team building or, as you call it, professionalism. Um, and for me, it was it was amazing to see the really good stuff that had been written around uh, those sorts of topics. Because I think service management professionals, we recognize that we work in teams. Uh, but when we, in, in previous versions of, um, of ITIL or uh, other best practice uh, frameworks, the focus very much tends to be on the what you do, not about how you work together with other people to get the job done. Um, so for me, I think that was a, a, a key driver or, or a, in, in the new version of ITIL, and I, I was really happy to see what had been written in the Create Deliver Support book. Given that this was uh, perhaps a, if you will, an, a non-traditional focus area uh, or for the ITSM community, were there any challenges in trying to pull some of that content together and articulate the, the 
trends in our industry, um, as well as sort of uh, going back to sort of the human empathy or the human element in service management? I think, I mean, to be honest, when we actually came to write those sections, they, they I wouldn't say they were straightforward, but, but again, the, the, the authors that were that were assigned that we that we chose for this um, were deliberately chosen because they had um, you know good input in these areas, um, and that's not just about the people side. Well, I mean, I'll come on to that in a second. But the, the the idea I think was that we work on the assumption that these things are important, and I, I didn't really want them to be seen as being brand new in any way, which that which they're not. They they are established practices they are established ways of doing things but pulling them all together in this context was definitely new um, and from that point of view I think the challenge was just trying to make that join up together whether we whether we've completely succeeded in that or not is is, is for others to decide but I think I, I think I agree with you that, that in the sense that just having those things in we, we we did some probably about a year ago we did some workshops with people in the industry and said this is the sort of stuff that we're going to do and I just remember that first hour or two where I put up a few slides saying yeah we're going to talk about employee satisfaction on day one of the course and there was a bit of a a hubbub in, in the room to use an old Scottish term a, a bit of a stir in the room um but and, and it was a very positive one. It was people going, yeah, well, actually, that's so we're, that's where we're going to start with this. We're not going to say, you know, and we've got some new stuff. We've got a shift left and we've got swarming and we've got all the value stream stuff, which which is in the way it's been written and presented. It, it is quite new and it is quite challenging for those that have worked in the traditional environment. But I think just the message of saying, look, <clears throat> here's chapter one, lesson one, you know, Day one, we're talking about people, how we manage people, how we keep our employees happy, how we have a customer-orientated mindset, different types of leadership, different types of organizational structure, different types of work. You know, are we talking about sort of the military style, everything's passed down, or they, as we describe it, the heuristic type work, which is more creative and so on. All those things are up front. And I think if you're asking me, what, what are you most proud of in, in this book it would be that it would be it would be that sense that we're putting people at the front of this and saying it, it is about people and and that that is a I think that is a general convergence anyway in, in, in a lot of what the industry is saying we're all saying we have to focus on our people and, and we're not just talking about customers we're talking about everybody as people as individuals and how we interact with each other so although there were challenges with that, and, and again, you know, it, it made develop, I think just putting it in at all and having it right up front w w was was a bit of a statement. We then go on and talk about things like, you know, how, how the shift left aspect is, is, is very much, you know, how we move work to the right place, how we deal with that. We've got things in there about, you know, what kind of tools and technologies are, are available. And I think that's important as part of professionalism, that people are aware of what's happening and what's out there. And it's not it's not something I find, you know, everywhere I go that 
sometimes people just don't know what's going on. And I think it's important if you're going to be professional that you do. But as, as, a, as a precursor to then going on to the value stream stuff, which is about bringing it all together, I think it's really important that people do understand the teamwork aspect, the, um, the approach to work, the approach to organization and culture. Otherwise, they won't make the value stream stuff work. That's a fair point. Let me ask you this, though, st- staying on the topic of, of people. In the, last, in the last few years, I've been very lucky that I've been able to travel uh, around the world meeting with practitioners from uh, different countries, different cultural or social backgrounds, and uh, different levels of organizational maturity and, and so on. I tend to find that people have a, uh, maybe maybe because we, we grow up in the IT industry, we tend to have a better uh, understanding of tools, how to use tools, but the sort of culture and professionalism and employee satisfaction stuff gets a bit, you know, touchy-feely or difficult, amorphous uh, or nebulous. If I were a, a manager reading this book, how would I be looking at uh, using some of the guidance to make my my life better, my employees' life better. Are there any specific um, uh, concepts that you talk about in the book? Or to put it another way, as a manager, why should I care about? Well, as a manager, and, and I'll, I'll just I'll just add to that. I think in 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 the West, in in Europe, in North America, certainly, there's a lot of focus on employee engagement. Uh, employee satisfaction and happiness and so on. I'm sure, it varies from from place to place, but I'm, I'm making a broad generalization here. In other parts of the world, employee satisfaction, employee happiness is not perhaps given the recognition it should. Uh, and of course, ITIL is a global product, and I think we had to keep that in mind as we develop the guidance. So that's sort of where i'm coming from with the question how as as a why or how or why as a manager should i be looking at making employee satisfaction morale and professionalism a priority well i mean i think there's two there's two things there one is that um to answer your earlier point about how it's how these things are seen as being a bit soft and fluffy and and that's always been that's always been the case i think most people in the IT industry, you know, if, if they really wanted to, to do that kind of work, they would have gone into marketing or sales or some other, you know. And so I think it's a fair point that we that we are making these observations and clarifications that these things are important um, because it is important how people engage, you know, that, and, and it's not just it's not just about being nice. It's actually about being effective. You know, you, you're going to get a much better result. In your interactions with people, if they are positive, constructive, and so on, um, and they they leave a good impression. So it, it's that is I, I think it's beholden on us in in our industry to really call those things out and say, look, it's important. You're probably never going to be. We would say it like this, but you know, to say we recognise that people that work in the IT industry maybe naturally aren't always good at that. There are there are, there are some that can can do all the things but you know technically very good good at analysis and so on good at building stuff maybe okay at dealing with people but i think there's a there's a there's a sort of low bottom level that we need to make clear that people can't go below and they should be aspiring to again to to the broad the broader brush approach and and again if you think back the development of any industry we're we're still only 
50 years old as an industry, really. Most industries start off with people who are focused on the technical aspect, on the content part, the railways, the, you know, the airlines and so on. People are engineers and pilots and stuff. But it gets to a certain level of maturity where actually, you know, it's a business and, it's, and people need to do other aspects, you know, in terms of finance, in terms of customer service, in terms of safety and security, all those kind of aspects. So the, the technology industry is, is expanding and we need more people who recognize those things and actually the, the success or, or otherwise of what we're doing depends on having good soft skills as we call them, soft skills, hard skills, I prefer to call them. Well, I, I saw something interesting on, on Twitter the other day, which was um, we shouldn't be calling them soft skills, we should be calling them human skills or people skills because that more accurately reflects their value, that you're able to deal with other people, relationships, negotiations, and so on. Whatever we call them. I mean, it, it, it's, so you know, people skills, communications, professional, whatever, but those things are absolutely essential as, as now and it's part of the job. And, and, you know, if you go for, you know, if you go for a job with, a, with, with an airline uh, as cabin crew and you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in planes and flying, but you're really not very good at talking to people, you're not going to get the job or you're not going to last very long. It's the same now. If you say, well, actually, I'm not, just in, I'm not just interested or good at dealing with the technology, but I have to be good at dealing with people as well. And the second part then is that, you know, there is a lot of data out there now that says that that's not just nice. It's not just nice to be nice, but it's actually business effective that, you know, it's more effective and efficient to be able to have positive and constructive conversations, relationships with people, get things done. If you, you know, if you have a relationship of trust, you're more likely to be able to do things more quickly. All the data that we get back from all the, you know, the, the happy signals and the bright indexes and all these kind of guys saying it's not just nice, it's actually good business as well. So I, I think it's really important that we're saying those things and saying them as part of ITIL and it's not just, again, back to the old anti-patterns that we've been trying to work against in, in ITIL 4 is, is saying, well, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not just a process framework. It's about how we work overall and how effective we can be. And we'd be, to be honest, we'd be remiss to leave that stuff out. Uh, that's a fair point. And I think the way the book is organized, it's it's organized around uh, the four dimensions uh, of service management, which we introduced in ITIL for foundation. Um, people and uh, organizations and people, information and technology, value streams and processes, and partners and suppliers. Um, and I think what this book does is, is does it covers that in a bit more detail to talk about how you approach these various dimensions and the, the interactions between those dimensions to be able to create um, what's in the center of that four dimensions model, and that is your products and services that uh, co-create value. One of the things that I know I'm, I'm asked time and again, uh, and I'm sure you, you probably come across the same sort of questions, is how are we uh, reflecting the new ways of working that are emerging in our industry? Um, how are we reflecting lean and agile and devops and and so on i have i have a i have a way of answering that question which i'll i'll get to but i'd be interested in 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 your take as lead editor how how did you look at reflecting these um, modern ways of working um in, in the guidance so the foundation and the uh, ito4 foundation which really well actually didn't introduce we, we introduced a lot of the thinking of that in ito practitioner in, in the version 3 practitioner 
which kind of in many ways was a sort of a DevOps book um, without actually using any of that language. At Foundation, we very consciously did try and use the language of agile and product management um, so that it would appeal and so that it would sync up with what other people are doing. My overriding thought with what we were trying to do with managing professional and, and coming on from where we started with ITO4 was, I think, two things. One is to say we do have a traditional uh, audience and, and industry, if you like, that, that um, identifies itself as being service management or IT service management. That's fine. Um, but we also have you know, an expanding um, universe of people who work in technology in different ways, particularly on the, I suppose, on the development and um, build side of things that haven't engaged as much with what we do. I think we have a responsibility to take our traditional audience um, and fairly swiftly move them to understanding and using the language um, of that, whatever you want to call it, new digital agile DevOps world, so that they understand it in, in a way that is not threatening and in a way that's not saying do this or die. I think we have, you know, I think we've all tried to do that. I think we've, with all the with all the books, we've we've been trying to move the industry itself um, into the current and future state, and and in a way that is future ready for our practitioners. So that's one. But I also think that we we've tried to open up what is an idle, if you like, shift the context, raise it, raise the, the level of engagement and understanding, and, and particularly context from just being about operations and support and a few other bits and pieces and how we how we come in at the end if you like to being actually you no know, we're fundamental and we all work together and the if you like the processes practices that go around in the in the the value chain i'd sometimes refer to them as the washing machine it kind of just goes round and round and round in the center but those things are inextricably linked so we should be thinking as one as an industry and not as separate and much as I am committed to a lot of the thinking in things like DevOps, for example, um, we still haven't really, we still don't really join up as one as an industry. And, and you know, I, I think we are definitely trying to, to make that leap with this. And I don't I'm just talking about the CDS book here, but particularly, yes, we are saying, look, there's what we've traditionally talked about in ITIL. And as a, as a, as a whole, it has a, a higher level of context and, and and in a way that the thinking around moving the practices out almost moving the practices to a separate area has helped with that because i think it also says look it's not just about those practices those practices exist they're proven they've been used for 20 years or more fine but actually the context is more important how you join it all up how you make it work as a as a single entity and rather than being, well, here's, we do this bit, then we bolt onto that and then we tag this on at the end and then we pretend it's all worked together. It hasn't. So I think that's the, that's the thinking there. I mean, I, I don't know what your answer is to that question, but I mean, that I, I see it as being leading one by the hand, the traditional ITSM industry by the hand and saying, Hey, there's this stuff out here. And then secondly, opening it up to being much more about the wider industry. And so that will hopefully bring in and appeal to more, more people outside of the traditional industry. That, that, so that's a, that's a really good way of explaining it. When I'm asked this question, I talk about the importance of 
these newer ways of working, agile, DevOps, etc., in being able to work uh, iteratively with fast feedback loops, uh, uh, relentless focus on, on, on improving the quality of the work being done, as well as the quality of the output. But I also talk about how the focus in a lot of DevOps adoption has been on the software or software-related product. Mm -hmm. And that has connections to other parts of the organization, which is why a lot of DevOps practitioners also talk about biz sev, DevOps, biz, etc., etc. right? The, the acronym is ever-expanding. Every, every time I go to a conference, I see something else stuck onto that. Something ops. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to me, that's now starting to uh, talk about how does the work of the software developers, operations, um, engineering teams, and so on, connect with the wider uh, goals and aspirations of the organization, uh, whether that's connecting to what people in sales are trying to do or marketing, and not just in terms of product functionality, but more in terms of how are we meeting the organization's goals and vision and, and so on. And so for me, yes, DevOps is, is, is a really great core from which to start building out new ways of working. Uh, a few years ago, I used this um, uh, anecdote from my university days where uh, th this was back in India. And I remember calling up a friend and saying, you know, why don't you come out to my place? We'll hang out, we'll have some fun. And he said, sure, I'll be right there in my Rolls Royce. And I thought, crikey, I thought the guy was rich, but I didn't know he had a Rolls Royce. And when he showed up, it was, uh, it was in an auto rickshaw, uh, also known as a tuk-tuk in some parts of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that sort of three-wheeler, uh, got a noisy engine at the back and, and, and all that. So the, the, the sides are open to, to the world and, and all that sort of stuff. And I said, hang on, I, I thought you said you were coming in a Rolls-Royce. And he said, yeah, it's got a Rolls-Royce engine inside. And for me, that encapsulates the, the sort of uh, the, the, the context change that many organizations have that DevOps engine at their core. But how is it producing a good outcome for the customer, for the employee, for you know, other parts of the organization, that's the, that's the bridge that has yet to be crossed. It's another thing, isn't it? I mean, it's another thing that we become quite obsessed with. Um, and we have, you know, we have all the paraphernalia around that. Maybe not so much as we found before. I mean, DevOps, one thing, I suppose, is that there hasn't been the same drive to, you know, certification and training and so on. Um, although there are people doing that but um it's still become a thing that you sign up to and, and and go along with i think so much of the the good stuff that's in there is practical common sense you know and it is yes of course you do things with you know you get feedback you get iteration you, you you look at the workflow you look at the big picture you engage with customers you you know manage in small team all, all all the things that are there around it i don't want to sound as if i've been doing you know i've been doing this for years but to some extent <laughs> i have and, and and many people i know have in in pockets you know it, it's not been a movement as such but doing things in a lean way for example is just as far as i'm concerned common sense you know, um, having appropriate levels of doc, you know, a lot of the things that we that we eked out into the guiding principles are absolutely universal and, and, and could have been used in a number of different contexts in life, never mind just in technology or in any particular industry. It's about, well, OK, yeah, of course, you, you, you keep it simple, you keep it short and simple, get to the point, you know, you get more effective, you communicate better that way. 
look at things holistically, work iteratively, you know, make work visible. So, you know, I, I think a lot of these things are excellent and great advice and so on. And pulling them out, the, the difference, I think, particularly for DevOps, has been a lot of the technology that's allowed the automation and speeding up that side of it. And that's driven some of the demand in terms of, you know, how we've approached things like change and so on. So those things just happen. But again, you know, I, th I think where we are with ITO4 is that we, we have produced now something that is, you know, relevant to the time and building for the future and incorporating, you know, ideally with, with all knowledge, we should be continuing to build on it. So, um, you know, we... And, and to do that properly, sometimes you have to move out of the initial area that you're in. And we're not moving out of service management, but we're certainly expanding the, the, the scale and understanding of it. That, that's true. I think um, when we first started working on ITIL 4 Foundation, um, Troy Dumoulin from um, uh, Pink Elephant, in, uh, based out of Canada, he said to me, if you think about it, every version of ITIL has essentially expanded the scope of activities that need to be done to be able to deliver services, uh, which I think uh, is, is quite an interesting um, insight, at least for me it was. It is an expanding, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Troy there because, I mean, you know, he, he brought a lot of uh, product management thinking and, 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 and I think, again, with the author teams that we've had on this, we really have also expanded the... The, the breadth as well as the depth around what ITIL actually is. And I'm really glad that we, we don't just think of it as IT service management anymore. IT service management is something that is still there, but it's kind of, it's, it's time is, you know, it has a place and, 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 and it had its time, but it's, and it still continues, but it will probably have less of a, a dominant or a, prescriptive you know, place. It, it's something I think like quality that just goes into everything, you know, becomes part of what everybody does rather than, oh, well, we do this particular thing and we've hired a guy to do CSI and that's the job, yeah. job kind of done, if you well, like. Well, uh, over time, I think um, pretty much everything becomes commodity and once it becomes commodity, it becomes part of the sort of background fabric mm. uh, that you experience, whether that's personally or professionally. So, uh, you know, we, we are looking at expand. We expand the scope of ITIL over the past four iterations um, because as things started to become commodity, new problems emerged, new contexts emerged, yeah. uh, new or higher order uh, products and services that were trying to use the same thing in a different context emerged. And so every version of ITIL has sort of expanded its scope because there's, there's so much more new stuff that's now coming in as a result of uh, standardizing uh, certain ways of working. Moving on very quickly, um, if I were to ask you what was the the most interesting thing that you read or the most interesting thing that happened over the course of the development, something that you sort of read from an author and say, you know what, that's actually pretty good stuff. I hadn't thought of it that way. Oh, well, apart from reading my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, thought your own stuff was surprising, Barclay, I want to ask what I, you I, were doing when you I were writing write that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that's it's a good question. The, the 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 team of writers that we had on CDS, um, I'm I'm very proud of of the team and and you know again they were selected based on areas of experience or knowledge or expertise and so on. Um, and it was a really good mix of of some who are I suppose you know who have come from 
working in ITSM and ITIL for a long time, so they understand it, which is important. And others who have come from slightly different aspects, you know, um, and and bring some new um, thinking to that. So a um, couple of the less well-known people I got involved, uh, Claire Drake, who's part of who's part of our industry in the UK, but has done a lot on the kind of agile side of things. Um, Peter Bodman, who was who I've known for some time in in various bits of work, but it has got a lot of great ideas about how to improve and develop testing, you know, and that's all about how do we how do we learn and we don't seem to learn in testing. Um, so there's some some good thinking there. Um, I suppose the you know John Hall from BMC who who participated in this and. I think one of the other books um, really brought a great sense of um, crossing because he, he strides both service management and DevOps with with ease in a way that many of us w- would aspire to, I think. Um, and his thinking around about, you know, some of the stuff he wrote, he's written in this about swarming and, and about different models for support um, and, you know, how the, uh, you know, sort of different approaches to um, organizational structures and, and the way that people think and the way that they respond um, was really, you know, quite um, revolutionary or, or, you know, and probably the first time that's all been brought together in the one place because he tends to write stuff and that goes into one or other of the, or other of the camps. Stuff that April, April Allen, who's a kind of world expert on knowledge management, um, produced some really good stuff on on that, and also how it fits with DevOps and shift left and so on. Um, so, so they were all really positive um, contributions, and you know the the other authors that we had: John Custy, Rosemary Gurney, um, Mauricio Corona. Um, I've probably forgotten somebody, um, but and and of course yourself, um, really bringing in you know experience across a number of different areas. Um, so I'm very pleased with with that aspect of it. I mean, it, it was it was a challenge in a number of ways. One of them being that we we're also writing all the other stuff at the same time, um, and you had to kind of keep an eye on what other people were doing. Practice information had been written at all, so huge chunks of that were written and then moved into other areas. And that's that's right, but it's still challenging from the point of view of what you've previously thought of as being the way of doing things so i mean it, it was it was a positive challenging experience um and i i obviously i look forward to see what people think of it and how they respond i've, I've seen one or two certificates going up already but uh, when the book is is out in hard copy that's when it really feels like a like a thing oh yeah I, i'm I've, I've already made uh, uh space on my bookshelf for all the books that are now starting to come out, I think I've been collecting them since ITIL version two days. I'm sure there are people who have a library full of ITIL version one books as well. So uh, I still have them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, we're, we're almost out of time, but mm-hmm. uh, let me just say thank you very much, Barclay, for coming in today Pleasure. to talk about the book. And um, where can people find you if they want to get hold of you to share some of their thinking, feedback, or uh, get in touch with you with about some of the other work that you do with SDI or ISO or any of the other bodies you belong to? Well, I'm, I'm out there on social networks, um, at Barclay Ray on Twitter. Um, and that's Ray, R-A-E. B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. So Barclay like the bank and Ray, R-A-E. Obviously, I mean, I have barclayray.com. 
Um, but there's, there's, I'm usually out there on LinkedIn, Twitter, and back to ITSM and other other forums like that. Um, and people can contact me directly through any of those methods. I'm very happy to, to talk to people. I'm, I find myself doing a lot more uh, around the industry and joining people together and, and mentoring that sort of thing these days. So I'm very happy to to help. Excellent. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter, at um, Bloreboy, that's B-L-O-R-E-B-O-Y, uh, as well as on LinkedIn. Uh, if you do have any questions, comments, or feedback about this podcast, uh, please send them in to ask at axelos.com. Uh, I'd also like to thank Harry, our uh, producer, who's been sitting very patiently and quietly uh, monitoring different things that look like uh, medical devices with uh, you know, ECG monitors on them and, and so on uh, for putting this podcast together. Uh, and thank you, uh, our listeners, for, for listening in. Uh, we're looking to uh, do a few more of these, uh, talking about other uh, modules of uh, Managing Professional. And then uh, we'll start to talk about some other interesting things that are happening in the service management industry today. Uh, so join me next time for some more ITSM goodness. This is Akshayan and signing off from the Axelos Global Best Practice podcast. Have a nice day. Presented by Axelos.